How are you? Good? Everybody's good? I am looking forward to um, Psalm 23 is my favorite. How many is Psalm 23 your favorite? It's your go-to psalm. I mean, it's, it's for me a daily uh, prayer pattern. I, I use the Lord's Prayer as a prayer pattern, and then Psalm 23 is a prayer pattern. Um, and I'm, I'm just looking forward to this series because to think about um, what we get in the Psalms, that we get an inside look at these different people reaching towards God through their own relationship is a powerful thing. This morning I want to do something that's kind of keeping in, in step with that. And uh, let me turn on my thing here. And I, I'd like you to invite you to uh, close your eyes while I tell you a story. It's always risky at first service to have you close your eyes, but I trust you. All right, are you ready? Listen up. Once upon a time, there was a wandering sheep. It often felt lonely, hungry, and lost. Every sheep needs a shepherd, but this little guy had none. So when it came time to knowing the right way to fresh water or green pasture, this little sheep frequently ran into trouble and was constantly worried about lions and wolves and bears. Then, one wonderful day, a shepherd noticed this wanderer and invited him into his fold. It was a great day. To build trust, the shepherd would occasionally carry the little sheep on his shoulders, taking him to fresh, green pastures and cool, refreshing water. But like the rest of the flock, the little sheep needed to learn to follow the shepherd on his own four legs. The sheep didn't mind that much. It was when the shepherd would have the flock laid down that made him so nervous. To lay down seemed risky and dangerous and like a big waste of time. After all, the flock wasn't moving to pasture or water. Why lay around? What are we waiting for? It was during an unusually long wait that the wanderer couldn't stand it any longer. He moved to the edge of the flock and bolted across the field on his own again. Feeling free, at least for the moment, at least he was moving, and then night came. Let me ask you a question. What does the little sheep need to learn? What does the little sheep need to learn? Stay in the fold? Trust the shepherd. How many say trust? Trust the shepherd, which would keep him in the fold, right? In a word, that's what it is. He needs to learn trust. We all know how easy that is, right? Just a breeze. I mean, it's easy to talk about it till it's tested. And what's interesting in this psalm that we're about to read is this is one of the most trusted pieces of Scripture in all of the Bible. I mean, you can go back and Abraham Lincoln leaning on it in a number of speeches during the Civil War when our nation was just against itself. Through the world wars, different political leaders from different countries reading the psalm. I remember as a kid watching the TV and watching JFK's funeral and hearing it read. 9-11, it was read repeatedly. 
It's one of the most powerful and well-known psalms, and for good reason. Let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Six short verses that hit all of our greatest needs. It's an incredible package. Let's just count it out. The first thing the psalmist announces is you lack nothing. Anyone here want to sign up for the Lack Nothing Club? I mean, it's, 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 it's like we, in America, it feels like we're always wanting. You know, we get inundated with catalogs, commercials, all kinds of things. It's like, could we ever get to a place of contentment? The psalmist says you can if the Lord is your shepherd. Green pastures. Now think with me. Does God actually want us to leave the room right now and go in the backyard and lay down? What does he mean by that? Because it's a poem, right? So it's a metaphor. What does it mean that we could have green pastures? Sorry, I was getting agua. I was being led along quiet waters. Yeah, the nourishment that you need, yes. In other words, the shepherd, Jesus, wants to lead you to a place of blessing. Right? Yes, (laughs) he does. He wants to lead you to quiet water. What does that mean for you? The what? Yet with a hot day like yesterday, it's cool, refreshing water. Yeah. So what? Serenity. Serenity. Yeah, free from turmoil. Sheep will not, should not, typically won't go near a rushing stream because they are terrible swimmers. Terrible. And if they get sucked in, I mean, have you ever seen a cast down sheep? I didn't bring a picture with me in this, but when they get cast down on their back, they're like turtles. And when they fall into the water, they just roll around and they drown. They will not go near rushing water. So the shepherd must take them to a place where the water is still so they'll drink and not die. He wants to take us to a place of stillness where you will taste and see that the Lord is good. We're not done with the list. It's expansive. Look at this. Restored soul. What? He wants to restore your soul. Literally means to gather you up to become who you were meant to be. Oh. There's more. No fear. Anyone want to sign up for that club? No fear. Because the Lord is your shepherd. Comfort. The anointing on your your head. It, It was hot. 
It's hot all the time. Where's Ginger? You, it's t- the near Middle East is hot. 106 in the shade. So your skin, you know, it's like, it's like here in Minnesota when you live in those, the furnace-fed houses and your, the air gets so dry. Do you know what I mean? Your, your lips start to crack and your hands start to crack because it's so dry. What feels good is a good dab of lotion. The Lord said, I, I will put my lotion, my oil, my healing on you. Protection. Anyone want some protection? He, he protects you. He'll walk you right through where your enemies are. The promise that mercy and goodness will follow me. And last but not least, the future hope of knowing that we will abide in the house of the Lord forever. And all of these things hang on this, trust. They're all teetering on that. This is why the, the, uh, the writer of Proverbs says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him. He will make your paths straight. And when you talk about trust, trust equals faith. And faith equals trust. They're, they're the same thing the Bible is talking about. You, you need this trust. And God is calling us to deeper levels of trust because He knows as the Creator that the righteous will live, will live by what? Faith or trust. That's what we're designed to do. That's, that's, that's where we find life is when we trust in the Lord. And we know that when we do that, we find life because that's the way God's designed the life. So when we go back to Psalm 23 and we think about this long list, the comfort, the protection, the green pastures, the still water, the restoration of our souls, it all hangs on this posture of trust, which is how the psalmist says it, is he makes me lie down in green pastures. The hardest thing that an actual shepherd has to do is to get a sheep to lay down. Why do you suppose that is? It's not their nature. Well said. Is it our nature to trust? I think it got lost in the garden, didn't it? And when the sheep, when the shepherd is saying lay down, they're looking around for predators. They're worried about the grass or the ground that they're laying on. The parasites could attach themselves to them. They get anxious because they don't see water immediately. And they start to get stir crazy. And the other thing that sheep are very sensitive to is relational turmoil. Are we a little sensitive to that? Now, when you read this, that he makes me lie down, how do you read that? Do you read it as, lay down? Do you? We know that all the commands of the Lord are not burdensome. They're there to bring liberty. His truth sets us free. But boy, I'll tell you, in moments of testing, it doesn't always feel that way. Does it? Lord, I want to move. No, it's time to lay down, Mark. Ah, 
Lord, we've laid down way too long, right? And then we begin to give God the long list of all the options we have to get us moving. He's saying, no, lay down. It's out of his goodness. You know, it's, it's astounding to me that God does all this creating and he builds this incredible planet. I mean, when you think about what history has done to this planet, of what we know, and it still looks as beautiful as it looks, that's astounding to me. It's crazy. But so, God builds it all. Then he creates Adam and Eve. He gives them creation. He says, here, I want you to manage this for me. And then the next day starts, and they get right to work. No. What do they do on their first day of the job? I'll give you a clue. It's the Sabbath. Remember that thing? Why would God want us to start with rest? Hmm. Because lying down is a posture of trust. If the Lord, the Lord, I love that phrase, the Lord. Do you ever watch college football games and they'll have like this big line and it goes, I'm from the University of Texas. It's the university to him. It's the Lord. It's the one. It's the only. Never to be imitated. Never to be dominated. Never to be transferred. Never to be lost. It's the immovable rock of all creation. All the foundation of all the universes of all the time rests on the Lord. You got to soak into the magnanimity when you walk out on a summer day and you look in the sky and you think he calls all those stars out by name. I can't even remember my own kids' names. (laughs) This indescribable God is my shepherd. And when you can say that and when you know that, there's a response. What did the people in ancient times do when there were kings and they walked into the throne room of the king, what would they do, people? What's that a sign of? Submission and trust. Now when we think, okay, all right, Mark, we'll go there, this idea of laying down, we think, oh, it'll be great. Oh, lush. You know, it's like lying down on a green on a golf course. Oh, this is beautiful. This is the way it should be. And you know, sometimes it's that way. The Lord says, I want you to hand me that. Give me that. Let me hold that for you. And we do it and it just feels like, whew, sweet relief. Right? But most times when the shepherd is saying, I would like you to lay down, feels more like this. The whole way down. Where are you? It's a free fall. It literally feels like you're asking me to jump out of a plane. Right. The writer of this psalm is David. And he was a shepherd in two ways. He was a shepherd as a boy and he was a shepherd as a king. And the way it worked in Israel 
was that shepherding was not an esteemed job. It was like, I've got five kids, and the first job that the kids would pass on to the next kid was taking the garbage out. <sighs> it's heavy, it stinks. That time there were diapers in it, so who knows you know, what fragrance would be lifted up. And so as quickly as Maria could, she transferred that job to Joe. And as quickly as Joe could, he transferred that job to Becca. And as quickly as Becca could, to John. And John had to wait seven years before Ben came along. (laughs) And the way that it worked with David's older brothers is as quickly as they could get rid of this nasty job of chasing sheep around under the hot sun and the dry air, as soon as they could get rid of it, because sheep are annoying, as soon as they could do that, they would get rid of it. And so long about the time when a kid was just preteen, I was meeting Sam, this young man right here, he's 10. So somewhere between 10 and 12, you would start to go out. And somewhere between 12 and 13, it would probably be your job to take care of your family's livelihood. It was its clothing, its nourishment, and its income. And you now, as a budding Young teenager are in charge. And when you're out there, you're alone. Now, how many of you have ever had one of those creepy moments where you decide, you think, I'm going to sleep outside, under the stars, just like the pioneers? Do you ever do this? Huh? Or, it's funny, because this building makes weird noises. And when, see, Cheryl's, she's shaking her head. She knows she's been here at night. And, and when you're alone, it makes even weirder noises. I never heard that one. What is that? And what happens to you when you hear weird noises and you're alone? Yeah, oh my God. You're just waiting for the creepy things. Aren't you? Now imagine this young teenager who's responsible for all these dozens of sheep that don't really want to follow him, they don't really know him, they don't really listen to him, and now he's out there where there's lions and bears and snakes, and he is alone. You think that felt like that? David's free fall included his harp, you know. He, it drove him to connect with God in ways that really marked his life. Now, keeping this in mind, though, I want to realize God is, we can laugh about this, but God intends for this to be good. He's a good God doing good. I like how John Ortberg says it, and I, I just made one amendment to it. So I'm there in little print. But you and I were made for soul satisfaction. But you will only ever find it in trusting God. That's the only place that you will find real soul. Here's why. The maker of your soul designed you to trust Him. And when you trust Him, you get satisfied. That's why the psalmist declares, You satisfy my life with good things. You were meant to have this trusting relationship with God. You're meant for that. You're designed for that. And in fact, trust is the sweetest praise God ever hears. It's the nicest song. It's the most beautiful song. And Brendan was talking about praise last week. 
And it's not, it's not just about singing. It's, it's much more of what Paul talks about in Romans 12 when he says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy that follows you day after day, as the psalmist says, to do what? Offer your bodies as what? Living sacrifice. That's usually when you close the Bible and go, ah! But you see, when you offer it as a living sacrifice, it's holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Think praise. The song that God loves to hear is when you say, like the picture of the psalmist series, here I am, Lord. I love how Eugene Peterson translates this amazing text. Listen to it. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping and eating and going to work and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Stop. Could you do that? Could you take your sleeping, eating, going to work, your everyday life, could you take that life and go, here. Could you do that? Talk to me, people. Yes. That's, that's the song that God is waiting to hear. And then, this, I love how Eugene wraps this up. He says, when you do that, you're embracing what God does for you. That's the best thing you can do for him. In other words, when we rest, God works. And when we work, God rests. He just says, I'll wait till Mark gets tired. Then he'll finally lay down in the green pasture, and then I'll begin to guide him to quiet water. Then I'll do the restoration of his soul. Then I'll lead him along these righteous paths for my name's sake. Then I can do that. You see, when we're discontent and discombobulated in our soul, it almost always is because we are insisting on flying solo. And we scramble when we are not keenly aware that there is a shepherd who guides us. We are frantic. Is this not true, people? When you're unaware of God's presence leading your life, it is, ah! Which is why Paul tells his student, fight the good fight of faith, of trust, hanging on to what you know, what you believe to be true, about God, what, what, you, what you've learned. And see, this is where it gets testy for us. This is why the writer of Hebrews reminds us this way. He says, when you're going through a hard time, God is educating you. That's why you must never drop out. He's treating you as dear children. This trouble you're in isn't punishment, it's training. It's training in trust. It's training that you'll need down the road. When, when Goliath comes onto the scene, if you would have interviewed all the soldiers that are there representing Israel, if you would have asked all the leaders, do you believe there is a God? They would have said, yes. Do you believe this God is with you? Yes. Do you believe this God is the mightiest God of all gods? Yes. Do you believe this God could defeat even this giant? Yes. Well, now go out there and fight them. Hmm. You see, it was only a young boy 
whose faith had grown as he's faced his challenges, trusting his shepherd to lead him, steps forward and says, I'll go. I'll do it. I'll take the reigning heavyweight champion of the world on. And here's how he does it. He says to Saul, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. And then he goes on to say, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Not our version of the the real Lord, he says, delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear. And he will deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. Without the shepherding test, without those lonely nights, without defeating the lion and the bear, I'm like, whoa! I used to hate it when I, when I used to race my bicycles. Sometimes we'd go out and we're going along in these Wisconsin farm roads and there'd be like a horde of dogs coming after you. That's scary enough. I remember one time I was really tired. We just hit this big hill and one of the guys I rode with was a junior Olympian. The guy was an animal. And I'm just hanging on for dear life. <gasps> Up to the top of the hill and as I hit the hill, there's a farm there and out come three dogs. Guess who they're running at? The fuzzy fat guy. It's lunchtime. So I try to get, I think, well, there's a hill down there. I get around. I, I go like this, and my wheel falls off, and I fall right over on my bike. I'm laying like this, filleted for the dogs. And one of the big ones, the big lab, comes over and licks my face. <laughs> and they had to go home and put on dry shorts. I can't imagine as a young kid taking on a lion and a bear. Can you? But he did. Not because he was confident in himself. He knew. All right, Lord, the Lord put me here. The Lord led me here. The Lord has me responsible. The Lord knows this bear is coming. And the Lord's just going to flip him on the head. I just got to do my part. And here he is. You see, the Lord knew. And he's training him and he's getting him ready. We don't like that. Man, when we are in the waiting position, when we're going through a hardship, it does not feel good. But here's the reality that's so important. As we all, right now in this moment, we have some, we, something that we know about God now. If I were to ask you, is God Almighty? How many of you would say He is? Does God always see you? Yes. Is God with you? Yeah, but how come in those moments when it really hits hard, you shout, where are you, God? You see, we have limited knowledge, and God is leading us into an experience that usually looks like a test. Not because he's a mean God. He makes us lie down. He wants us to learn trust. It's the hardest thing for his sheep to learn. But when you step through with trust, there's something that happens. You now know a whole new face of God. You now have experienced the delivering hand of God. And the next time the bear comes out, you go, Woo-hoo! It's on, baby. Why? Not because you've developed these mad skills, but because now you know your God is able. Now you know your God is surely with you. But facing lions and bears is one thing. A nine-foot giant's another. And then he gets anointed by the prophet. And you know what happens. The former king, who's still acting as king, chases him around with an army. 
And he experiences all kinds of challenges. But God is not doing it to torment David. He is doing it because he knows David will become the best ruler Israel's ever known. And in order to get there, he needs the deepest foundation of trust. One of my heroes is Abraham Lincoln. When you read his resume, it is terrible. That guy failed uh, politically over 50 times. Can you imagine putting yourself out there publicly to vote, only to be rejected again and again and again? And he would go home and his wife would affirm the rejection. Just go back to running the store. You'll never be a politician. But every time Abraham would kneel on his knees and talk to the God who created him, he felt this growing burden that he needed somehow to be leading, to be a shepherd of the country. And in this nation's worst and most trying times, he straddled the nation. Why? Because he had been tested tough. His trust went deep. His faith was real. But ladies and gentlemen, it came with a cost, did it not? But Abraham Lincoln learned to lay down. So for us, there's a key question in the psalm. The question is this. Right now, in your life, in your moments, in the tests that you're facing, in the situations that feel uncomfortable, in the waiting, what's your shepherd? What's your shepherd? Is the Lord, the real Lord, the one who he says he is, is he really your shepherd? He wants to be. He longs to be. But the one thing that he can't do is make you trust him. He just invites you. Lay down. Let's pray. Lord, in our lives, it's just so easy to keep going and to, to, to keep doing things the way we know how to do it. And yet you keep putting things in our life or there are things that just seem to come that take us out of that rhythm. And man, it's frustrating. But if we're going to know that feeling of lacking nothing, if we're going to know the comfort of green pastures and quiet water, the one thing you ask is what you said through Eugene Peterson. Take our everyday life and put it before you. So as we get ready for the offering, you're calling for more than just money. You're calling for lives. The sweetest song is a life in a fresh way that says, Here, Lord, here am I. Here am I. So, Lord, as we get ready for the offering, let our hearts get ready to offer you whatever it is in our life right now that we need to trust you with. And we thank you, for you are the Good Shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen. Close, close.
was, I was thinking as we were over here talking, wouldn't it be cool that when we were facing a hard time, you know, like a hot day and to get a flat tire and we're like, oh, I can't have a flat tire now. All of a sudden, Matt and the worship team are there. The green eye, yeah! <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? But in reality, then I thought, you know what? We have a great cloud of witnesses around us. All the kingdoms around us, you know? I want to say to uh, some of you out there, what do you think if that little sheep hung a U-turn and went back to the fold, what would the shepherd do? Yeah. Al, come up here once. Come up. Come here. Yeah, you. <laughs> I want to borrow you for a second. I love what Al just did. I said, what, what? Al, you're going to have to let go of my arms, though. Yeah. Okay, so what would the shepherd do if that sheep hung a U-turn and went back? Do what you did. If you're sitting there, thank you, Al. If you're sitting there and you're thinking, man, I've, I've blown it. Hang a U-turn. He accepts U-turns. He allows them. Actually, he loves them. He loves them. And for those of you that are holding on, remember, Matt and the team may not be there rocking it out, but all of heaven is. And when you do what the Lord says and you trust him and you lay down, you say, Lord, I, I just lay this down. Whatever this is, I lay it down and I trust you with it. When you do that, man, there's a rock concert in heaven. It just goes crazy. He is with you, people. Say with me, the Lord is my shepherd. One more time. The Lord is my shepherd. One more time. The Lord is my shepherd. It is the Lord. The Almighty who goes with you. He's working around you. He walks with you. You can trust in people. Go and do so. In Jesus' name. Amen.